0: This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and it is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate it every day that you do, by the way, not just on this program, but the other shows that I have as well, and I realize that a lot of them um, sort of... uh, run congruent, I guess, other than, you know, what I do during the week isn't necessarily what we do on Ready Radio, and especially what I do on Fix It Radio and Drive Radio on Saturdays. Um, some of it, you know, dovetails into what we talk about here, but uh, at any rate, we've got a special guest that we are trying to get a hold of that is supposed to join us today, but I have, we have yet to get a hold of them, so as always, like they say, the uh, show must go on, so we will see what uh, what happens and whether we can get a hold of them or not. If we do not, um, in fact, Charlie, I'm going to go ahead and send you the our publicist number, and maybe you can call them and find out what the scoop is and where we're at. So I just texted you our publicist number and see if she knows what's going on. And otherwise, we will continue on just like we always just like we always do. It's the way it goes. Uh, we actually we, we have planned Eris uh, Papadopoulos, who is founder of a Resilience Action Fund. He is going to join us, and and if not, I've got plenty of things to talk about without that, and there's plenty of things that we can get into. And again, what we do on Ready Radio is really talk about the things that you can do to prepare for the what-ifs of life. Um, I hate to call us just a preparedness show because I think that term, in fact, that term even among the FBI today, brings on connotations that, frankly, well, with the FBI, it's not correct anyways, but it even brings it with other individuals where you tell them what you do, and they kind of, I've even had it when I talk about Ready Radio among other individuals that may not know what we do here, and they sort of give you this look like you're what? You're one of those wacko preppers, and no, I'm not, and neither are most of you. In fact, probably none of you are. But we are individuals that want to make sure that we are prepared, and that's where that word preparedness, of course, comes from. We want to be prepared for anything that comes along. Now, typically, and I think even in the past, more so than now, that term meant you had, you know, a year's worth of food, and you had this bunker, and you had, you know, all these different weapons and so on, and. Which, by the way, I'm not, not saying that there's anything you know anything wrong or against any of that. If that's what you're into, then so be it. You guys know me, live and let live. You know whatever you whatever you like, fine. I also know that as we watched what went through COVID two years ago, and I watched even what I consider to be you know pretty common sense thinking, uh, you know conservatives and so on. I I watched with disbelief how many things people didn't have prepared. And it was it was kind of an eye-opener, I guess you could say, and it's where even Charlie and I started talking all the way back then about what we were doing in regards to a show like this. And that's where that's where Charlie and I really started talking about, you know, doing a preparedness program. So this isn't something that we just thought of here on a whim. You know, we've been on, on the air doing this now for quite some time. But, you know, we... We hadn't, you know, really, we'd been talking about this for quite some time, and it's not that we just came up with this, you know, now. We've been doing this for forever, really, if you think about it. In fact, on I will tell you this, on, on uh, Rush to Reason and both Drive Radio, Drive Radio especially, given the fact of how long I've been doing that program, we have gotten into the preparedness end of things on you know, drive radio for quite some time. And it was sort of just this natural thing when when Charlie and I started talking about, you know, could we potentially do a whole program an hour program each week just dedicated to that whole preparedness topic. And of course, we decided to do it. And here we are today. So it's not something that we just thought of on a whim, you know, several months ago, literally Charlie and I've been talking about this for quite some time, I would say all the way back to the early part of COVID, because we started seeing, and I saw especially, just the amount of things people weren't ready for. I mean, all the way down to you didn't have enough basic supplies in your home to go three or four days without having to run to the store to buy toilet paper. And of course, we saw all sorts of things along those lines back then where there were shortages because everybody was running out and buying all sorts of things, and it created a a mass shortage. And, And by the way, we've talked about this this past week with some of our financial folks that are on Wall Street. Given the frenzy that was there for, quite honestly, probably a year or so, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the way inventory systems work, let me give you a little clue. The computer, which does the majority of figuring what needs to be ordered to keep things in stock on the shelf, when there is a run on a particular item or items, if the purchase order individual, the purchasing department, doesn't go in and make manual adjustments to what they feel they will be needing in regards to certain products, it's an automatic order. They, they base it off of you know history, sales, all sorts of things, and they want to make sure that they're never running out of a particular product. So what you're seeing now, of course, is an overage of stock in certain areas because as those purchases were... How should I say this, Charlie? They were over-exaggerated purchases. A lot of people bought things they didn't necessarily need. And that put not only a strain on the supply chain at that time, but in turn, it skewed the numbers. And it made some of the items look like they were in much more need than they were. So, what you're seeing now, of course, is an overage of a lot of things. And it's the supply and demand thing, and it takes a little while for those things to work out. And what I'm really astonished at, and it really shows you how dependent companies are on their computer tracking of items. I think there's anything I've seen of late is the fact that I thought and I I have been I have been sorely wrong. I thought that purchasing departments would go through and check POs and if you if you know that you've got good inventory on the shelf today of toilet paper, you know, why are you a Costco ordering, you know, so many extra pallets of knowing they're just gonna come into a warehouse and sit? Now, I also know that in the purchasing world, some orders are put together far, far, far in advance. And in some cases, there's huge penalties for them to make changes to those orders. And keep in mind, those big box stores like Costco and Walmart and so on, they are buying on such quantity that they might not have much of a opportunity to make some of those adjustments. In that case, I'll give them some grace. Although I will tell you that I think there's other businesses out there, other corporations, whereby somebody could manually go in and make some adjustments to the inventory that's coming in and not be sitting on the amount of inventory that some of them are. Again, what I see, and, and Charlie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm seeing is really a such a high dependence on the computer systems today that we have very little manual input into what gets brought into the stores that when those numbers get skewed, it just keeps being skewed. Now, it will adjust itself as those numbers continue to increase and there's inventory on the shelves and the computer starts to see that we're not turning these as many times as we were. And then there'll be adjustments in the future. My point is this. Some of you are saying, OK, John, get to the point. What you know, What are you talking about? My point is this. You cannot always rely on what your normal supply, your normal supply chain of goods would be, especially in the time of crisis, because everything I just said Is how they are keeping their 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 shelves stocked, and if you and I both are strictly relying on corporations to fill the need that we have as you know consumers and buyers, we're going to be disappointed every time. So, we talked about this yesterday, sort of closed off the first hour. Where we normally talk to Dr. Kelly Victory, but yesterday we had Syed Hader on, who's been on Ready Radio before, by the way. Dr. Syed Hader. And I closed out yesterday talking about how your health is up to you. We can no longer rely on, I hate to say this, but you cannot rely on your doctor. You can't rely on your family practitioner. You can't rely on anyone else other than you to keep yourself healthy. You have to be the one to do that yourself through Proper care The things we talk about on Wednesdays and Thursdays, both. We now almost have two hours dedicated to your wellness on a weekly basis. And and we are going to keep doing that because I continue to get positive feedback on those segments that we do because I think it's very, very important, especially when we start talking about what we do here on Ready Radio. You have to take charge of where you're going to be health-wise. We talked to Dr. Hayter yesterday. He is the individual we interviewed several months ago now where he has set up an ability for you to go online and order some of the basic medicines you may need in a time of crisis. Could be drugs that you have to take on a routine basis. It could be some, something as simple as antibiotics. It could be some of the preventative measures we use for covid the, those links, by the way, are on both website ready-radio.com and rushtoreason.com. We have those up there from Dr. Hader. So if you're interested in that, we have those links up there where you can go and find what he does. Point being, we have to be the ones to put the things that we need on our shelves and not rely on someone else. Something else I learned from Dr. Hader that I might as well say again here: that the last time he was on, that we learned. And I did not know. When you look at a bottle of amoxicillin, for example, and if it's a bottle that you have acquired that has never been broken and is airtight, which there are places around where you can buy that, i.e. south of the border, providing that air seal is not broken... According to Dr. Hader, it's almost an indefinite shelf life on that type of medication. They will have an expiration on there of, you know, let's say you buy a bottle today. It's 9 of 2022. They may say they're good for a year, and it'll have, you know, 9 of 23 on the bottle. I'm I'm just giving you an example. According to Dr. Hader, these are not, this is not my words. These are his, because we asked him this specifically. I did specifically when he was on. If that is an airtight, sealed bottle, bubble-wrapped, I mean, any of those types of ways that certain, you know, certain medicines can come, not an over-the-counter filled prescription that's in a regular bottle, but an airtight medicine, according to him, they have got a very, very, very long shelf life. In some cases, up to 20 years. Because if you think about it, if it's airtight, what's going to get in there to damage it? Because typically what he said, what happens and where where medications can break down is when they get exposed to, of course, air, moisture, things like that. But if they're in that airtight bottle, which in a lot of cases, not only is it airtight, but then they've got the cotton ball on top. So there's very, very little air that was ever in it to begin with. And then they seal that up. The reality is that that bottle of medication will last a very long time as long as it's not been opened. Once it's opened then of course things change. And you can reseal some things that way and and make it easier or you know make it last longer but that's not always the case. Uh, Again, these are things that you need to be prepared for, and the things, again, we interview different individuals on a routine basis. Dr. Hayter was one of those. We also have a special guest. Alan Davis is going to join us here at the latter part of today's program. You've heard me talk about him the last couple of weeks. He is from Solar Energy Partners. We've talked about him during the day on Rush to Reason. We're going to get a straight insight to what's going on in his world and how that program works and what's the prime candidate and how can you make that work for you, even on the preparedness end of things. And Alan will join us at the 245 mark. So, tell you what, let's do this. We'll take a quick break right now. Uh, If any of you have any questions, be sure to call us 303 477 5600. 303 477 5600. We'll be right back, though. This is Ready Radio KLZ 560. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity.
2: When you pay your power bill, 1% of the money is used to hire people whose jobs are to increase your power bill. Never see another rate increase from big energy again when you invest in solar energy for your home with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners. Getting you a return for your solar investment is Alan's main priority. You may even receive a negative bill from the energy company, meaning they pay you. Alan's primary concern is saving you money with solar. Enjoy consistent rates, a 30% federal tax credit, and increased market value on your home. Allen only sells what he believes will give you a great financial return. The unprecedented rate increases are only going to continue. Locking in a lower rate now means that no matter what the government lets big energy do, you'll still pay the same rate or less for your energy. Don't pay them to raise the rates on you. Make an investment with your power now. Make your investment today by contacting Allen. Call 303-378-7537. That's 303-378-7537.
0: Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is, it's wrong. Do you know that Roof Max is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. And we've got Eris Papadopoulos with us now, founder of Resilience Action Fund. Eris, welcome. How are you? Uh, thank you,
3: uh, John. I'm doing very well. I uh, appreciate the invitation.
0: No, I appreciate you joining us very much. I know we had a little error on our, our dialing up of, of things, so but glad glad we got you. I appreciate it very much. And, uh, you know, you, you're an expert in this area, and I'll be honest, I'm learning more as we go. I've got some familiarity with this just from, you know, being a, an outdoorsman and being, you know, brought up in, in a way to be prepared for certain things that would come along, but I am no, nowhere near an expert. Yes, I'm a radio host of... A show called Ready Radio, where we talk about this. But I'm learning as we go, just like a lot of my listeners are, as well. It's so why I bring experts on, like you, on a regular basis to help the rest of us understand what's going on. And and I I want to make sure I, I preface this, Eris, because you know I don't consider. Us a quote-unquote prepper show. I consider us a show to handle the what ifs of life, and that could be everything from yes, a global disaster, or a simple bike crash, a car accident. You fall, you fall down on the ice. I mean, there's all sorts of things that come along to prevent, you know, or that, that create a crisis. And I want to give people a way to prevent those and or handle them when they come.
3: You're right on, John. I, I call it, you know, being better consumers. Uh, so we know what to prioritize, how to plan our choices, and, and how to make the best choices.
0: There you go. And so, again, I, you, you pretty much now know, you know who I am, what we're doing. Give us some tips, though. I know that even though it is hurricane season, we haven't had a lot of them, but here in Colorado, we don't get hurricanes, but we can and have had you know, floods and things along those lines. So let, let's start there on the hurricane-slash-flood protection.
3: Well, you know, anything east of the Rockies is, is in a tornado-prone uh, part yeah. of the U.S. So yes. You know, I don't distinguish, you know, the, the, the alley, tornado alley. and Tornadoes can happen almost anywhere. And unfortunately, our, our codes really aren't meant to preserve our houses. Uh, they're really uh, kind of designed to get us time to escape, okay. not to preserve the most important purchase we have. Okay. So, you know, I like to start with the roof. You know, the roof is probably the most important part of the home in, in a wind situation. And most of the roofs today will not withstand an EF1, uh, let's say, tornado. Right. Uh, if you want to go to an EF2, when you, when you change or upgrade your roof, try to get it rated at least for 135 miles an hour. And uh, an organization called Fortify, they've developed a very detailed standard for that. And you can reference their standard fortified uh, roof, uh, and they're very active uh, in in the southern part of the, the U.S. But it really applies to the whole, sure. you know, uh, U.S. So you know, going for at least 135 to me is a minimum. And while you're doing that, you might as get as well get a fire A-rated roof mm. at the same time. Good idea, you know, to give you even more protection. Yeah. So even if the code doesn't require it. I strongly advise consumers, you know, this is the most important purchase of your life. It's where you have your possessions, your memories, you know, your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, go above the minimum, you know, to protect yourself.
0: I think what you just said there, too, is really important. We all have this perception that, you know, codes exist to keep us safe. And, and to a large extent, Eris, they do. I'm not knocking anybody that is in that world or writes codes or even checks them. That That's not my point. My point is... We sometimes put false hope in codes, thinking that they have gone through and thought of everything ahead of time so that we wouldn't have to. And the reality is, you know, they're probably trying to trying to watch out for as many people as they can, to your point, under a certain level. But once things get to a certain point, those codes no longer apply.
3: Yeah, codes are like minimum wage. Right. They even say themselves in their fine print, this is the minimum. Well, what part of our life, John, do we go to the minimum? Is it nutrition? Is it transportation? Is it education? You know, uh, health care? Yeah. So why should we be at the minimum in the most important choice and the most important asset uh, of our lives, which is our homes?
0: At, no, you You know what? You bring up a great point. And I've experienced that on many, many things around the home where, you know, code says X, but can we not upgrade that and do that better than what code says? And the answer is typically, a, a, you know, a resounding yes, we can. It's a matter of do you want to spend that extra money and time to do so?
3: Exactly. And, and today, we really put so many things in our homes. I mean, a lot of us work from home, so our homes are packed with so many things that we purchased. But if that shell, if that roof, if, if those walls aren't strong enough, everything will be lost. So there's a lot at stake. You know, the, the packaging is very important, uh, more important than it ever was. So why not invest more in the packaging, even if we have to kind of prioritize for later some of the things that we'll put on the inside?
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. This also, and not, you know, I was going to say not so much that it applies to us in Colorado, although, as you know, Eris, we can get some really, really strong windstorms here, especially along the west side of Denver. You know, we can get above 100 mile an hour, even 110. Granted, we don't have the humidity, so it's not quite, you know, our. Our 110 mile an hour wind would be like an 80, 90 mile an hour wind in humidity, so it's not quite the same because the air movement's not the same. But we can get into some pretty high winds, blowing you know buildings down, blowing roofs off, and so on. And one of the things that you mentioned as well are our shutters on windows to keep things, you know, you know keep those things that are flying through the air from coming through a window. Because I also know, and you do as well, that once that home becomes a quote-unquote vacuum, I guess you could say. That air differential is what really causes more damage than anything else. If we can keep the windows shut and tight, we're much better off.
3: Exactly. And today we have uh, things like fabric uh, shutters that are really uh, super strong ballistic nylon, similar to the airbags that I've hmm. put on my a couple of my uh, doors and windows, and they're so easy to put on and take off, uh, unlike, you know, the— the wooden plywood or, or the aluminum shutters that, you know, a lot of people uh, uh, typically use.
0: Is that something that Aris, they make on a per-window basis? Do people have to make that themselves? That's something, by the way, I've, you know, again, I'm learning. I've never heard of that. So mm-hmm. how does that how does that actually work?
3: Yeah, either way, you know, you, you can pre-order certain dimensions, and you can order online, or a lot of the big box stores have, have these products. Or you could have someone, you know, come and do the whole, uh, you know, cutting and installation for you. So okay. it depends how you know handy you are around the house. But either way, I had somebody come and do it for me and show me, you know, how to remove it and put it back on. It wasn't that that expensive. Okay. Um, but I, I really thought it's, it's a great great innovation. And, you know, as you get older, you don't want to be, you know, lifting uh, uh, heavy heavy objects, you know, in a rush.
0: Agree. Agree. Again, we're talking to Eris Papadopoulos and Aris, uh, real quick, founder of Resilience Action Fund, before I forget and we, you know, we run out of time here. How do folks find you? What's a website they can find you at?
3: It's buildingresilient.com. Buildingresilient.com, and there's plenty of resources in there. There's a, a nice quiz on resilience. Uh, there's a guide called the Buyer's uh, Gu- guide to resilient homes, which to me is a must uh, kind of you know, aid for anybody looking to relocate to build or buy a new house it 's like having a, a friend an expert friend next to you
0: hmm. okay perfect and by the way, thank you very much and appreciate you joining us again today let's let 's move into to flooding i mean that 's another thing where especially this time of the year, in fact, one of the largest floods that we had in our area happened back in the 2013 year up in the Boulder County you know area up above the foothills. several lives were lost homes were lost I mean it was a big deal so we, we can' have those and you know we tend to think in Colorado that we're sort of immune from those things and yet Eris we we definitely have flooding in Colorado maybe not like what you would get from a hurricane ours are different it's fast and furious typically and then the you know of course then as it flows east it does some of those things that you know a hurricane type flooding would do but immediately when it's coming out of the the mountains of course as you can imagine you know little creeks become big huge rivers that literally swallow everything up in its path
3: yeah yeah exactly and, and those are so sudden you know i use a rule of thumb i like to say that anything below 15 feet from a creek in, in terms of elevation or from the or from the bottom of you know a valley or mm-hmm. a vale, uh can be very dangerous locations so okay. you know i tell people please don't build there or if you're building there Make sure it's elevated above that level. Okay. So you know, to to me, that's kind of a rule of thumb. You know, when I'm looking at different locations, but there's a, there's a great uh, resource now called Flood Factor, um, and and that's available online. It's a nonprofit group, FloodFactor.com, that has uh, essentially uh, given a flood rating for almost every home, every property in the U.S. And I, I and I found it very reliable.
0: I so, you know what? I just went to it and. Thank you. I, again, another resource I did not know about. Thank you for that very much. Yeah.
3: And not only does it tell you, you know, the rating, but it also gives you some suggestions on what things you should be looking to do. Okay. You know, dry-proofing, wet-proofing, you know, uh, probably the, the least expensive, or changing some of the the, uh, the, the materials kind of on the ground floor, uh, the, the, the lower walls, etc., elevating uh, certain equipment, appliances, so they don't get, uh, you know, right. damaged.
0: right. The other thing that in, I, in my business, because I'm also a business owner outside of what I do here, and we do a lot of uh, you know, uh, you know, smaller excavating, drainage work, things like that. Not just necessarily landscaping, but you know, making sure that that some of what you said earlier, that A, the water just doesn't get into areas, its so, it's you know it doesn't need to in the first place, and you would be, well, you wouldn't be surprised, you would know this full well, how many people don't look at things, and or, you know, a home gets built, and somebody comes through a landscaper or whatever, and they change all sorts of different things, and they even change from the original design plan of what was supposed to be there for drainage, and they wonder why when there's a big rainstorm or flooding, things really get bad for them, and it's almost like, you know i don't don't want to sound you know rude but you brought this on yourself mm-hmm. exactly it's our choices
3: and sometimes we don't realize we made those choices
0: and and some of this again errors i'm not trying to sound you know you know egotistical or insensitive but most of it is common sense some of what you said a moment ago makes total sense i mean water runs downhill it, it doesn't run uphill unless it's forced to i mean it just typically naturally because of gravity runs downhill and to your point uh if you're within a certain distance of of known water streams and things that you think are dry all the time but could very easily become wet with runoff those are the things to really pay close attention to that i don't think Eris most people do yeah
3: yeah unfortunately you know our ancestors are we're pretty much more sensitive to this fact because they saw the the nature's forces. They saw the raw terrain. We've kind of become uh, kind of, you know, that's not as visible to us as we urbanized. when we lost contact with the terrain, with nature, with the risks. We did. So, you know, we don't appreciate those things, but we need to get that back.
0: No, I agree. In fact, uh, I have an auto show that I do on Saturdays and I've given people pointers over the years about, you know, what type of water, would you even drive through because i've seen many a vehicle engine and all sorts of other things on a vehicle damaged from driving through you know too much water because people think that you know hey i'll just go ahead and drive through this they don't realize that most unibody cars today become a boat with just a certain amount of water underneath them i don't care how much the vehicle weighs if there's air inside of it which there is that vehicle will float and again to your point most people because of I guess just lack of knowledge or not seeing it like we once did, Eris. They just, in some cases, they think they, their home, and their vehicles are indestructible and they're not.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like we're living in a virtual reality, you
0: know? (laughs) Yeah. You've got in your notes too, which I think is big. And this is one thing that we've touched on here briefly in the past, but that is, you know, make a plan. If you are in a, I don't even think it matters, Eris, whether you're in a high risk area or not, but if you're in an area, where you know there could be things that change. Maybe, maybe fire, you know, gets in the way and blocks a route. Maybe water, a stream overflows, and that's going to block a route out. I mean, I guess the thing, what I'm getting at is you need to know some of those things and, and have a backup plan for whatever it's going to be for you to escape that situation.
3: Exactly. And, and the first uh, most important level of plan is, is you and your family. The second level are things that you're going to need once you escape. Uh, And the third level is what you could do in advance to have something to come back to. Mm.
0: Good point. When it comes to, and and I've talked about this one in the past, and and that is, you know, what do you take with you? And we've been through that, you know, over and over again, actually, even the the past several weeks. So I won't get into a lot of that. I have told people, too, that, you know, the document thing, uh, you know, a lot of folks think, man, I got to grab all these papers. Well, if you do a little bit of forethought, on the front side, Eris, and we have now have cloud services, and if, if somebody doesn't have them, they're probably living on a different planet because the reality here, there are so many free cloud-based services where you can, for you know, for free or nominal charge, take everything you have that is documented and either you scan it or you can have somebody scan it for you. But the reality is, Eris, we live in a day and age where you should not have to run, your, run around your house looking for documents.
3: Exactly. Yeah. It, it, totally correct, yes.
0: There's there's a my point is there's there's enough there to you know enough enough other alternatives there. To handle things, all right. Property loss. This is another thing. And I also talk to people all the time about you know insurance and you know being properly insured and making sure you've got things handled. And by the way, most insurance companies, those of you listening, uh, typically, and the ones that we deal with, you know, Paul Weinberger, my agent here from American National, they will help Eris in a lot of cases. Even if you ask them, hey, I want you to come out and analyze. Maybe you live in the foothills and you've got some trees and things around you. Your own insurance company, Eris, will help you through what you need to do to minimize risk. Because they want to, anyways.
3: Exactly, and and uh, they'll help educate you. And and even even though today a lot of the insurance is done kind of you know electronically, um, you know I'm glad to hear that in certain areas you know real people go out and you know inspect the location and, and help the the uh, the homeowners.
0: You also have in here, and this is something that you know all of us in Colorado. I think now, I mean, we had huge wildfire. Uh, last uh, f- fall, kind of into the winter months here in Colorado, and, and it wasn't in the mountains. It was really just kind of on our western suburbs up north. Actually, where I grew up, it's, it's an area that I grew up in my whole life. Eris and I think what people have realized in Colorado is this fire risk is not just a mountain thing. You have to be aware of this. We have lots and lots of open space here in the the you know Colorado front range area, and I think people have finally realized that, wait a minute, timeout, I, I need to double check where, you know, if in fact I'm moving or even where I'm at right now, I need to look at what that risk factor is before I make a final decision.
3: Exactly. Even low brush can catch fire and and we we built so densely with yes. combustible materials yes. that once once a few houses start burning quickly, the rest of the development can can catch on fire.
0: I also know, and this is something that I don't know all of the ins and outs of, and, and maybe you do, but I also know that there are you know fire repress you know uh, fire suppressant systems, uh, and it's not all just water. There's even chemical systems and so on. You know, is that worth? I mean, if you're somebody that lives maybe in a, in a higher you know fire area you know even though your house is insured you know which i by the way don't look at that as the defining factor as to what i'm going to do to prevent fire just because it's insured doesn't really mean anything i had a house burned to the ground in the granby fire a couple of years ago so just because you're insured doesn't mean things aren't going to happen to you aris but the question i guess i have is are some of those devices that folks can look at are they worthwhile or is the expense such that it's just not worth messing with
3: again it depends on the value of the property you know if if you're asking me, you know, should I do it for a, like a three, $300,000 property, I'd probably say it's probably not worth it. Uh, should I do it for a million-dollar property, it starts becoming, uh, you mm. know, uh, attractive. So, you know, the value of what you're trying to protect uh, is a function here because a lot of these systems have, uh, you know, initial fixed costs. You know, the, right. the, the installation and, and the basic heart of the system, and then they have to also be maintained to be functional.
0: Correct, and and what I also know is that the majority of the items that we're talking about, unfortunately, are out of pocket expenses. It's not like you're even getting a huge discount on your homeowners to buy those items. You know, the homeowners that have those have typically just spent money out of pocket to really kind of insure themselves, if you would.
3: Correct, yeah, but there there are lower cost things that people can do. Uh, for example, I I like to talk about siding. You know, siding in the roof again. You know, two right. two important things. If you're replacing the roof, the the incremental cost to go to an A rated, um, you know, fire rated roof is small. So you should do that. If you're doing the siding of the house, why not go to something that's uh, non combustible, like a fiber cement board?
0: Right, yeah, as I was a concrete board, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
3: So, you know, when you're doing these things, um, you know, the incremental cost, that's when you, you know, you should, you should, uh, step up, you know, right? a little bit.
0: Well, and the other thing that I know, just from being, again, on the property maintenance landscaping side, the mistake I see a lot of folks make, and it, and it happens, it, it, you know, people go in and they put landscaping in when the house is new, and when that tree is a, you know, two-inch caliper tree, and it's not a big deal, and it's a long way away from the house over time, 10, 15 years, that, that tree grows and grows and grows, and pretty soon it's like growing against the house, which... As you know, Eris, that just becomes a fire hazard in and of itself. People don't realize that if things are hot enough, a fully mature, fully watered tree that has no issues can burn up in a moment's notice if it gets hot enough.
3: Exactly, yes. So, yeah, the big trees have to be kept a good distance. I like to say at least 20 yards.
0: Yeah, and I I would tell you here in Colorado with our land shortage that we have and the way they're, to to your point earlier, the reason why we lost so many homes in the fire we had last fall is Literally, and I'm not exaggerating, Eric, some of these homes, million-dollar-plus homes, literally you and I could, start, could stand arm-in-arm arm together and touch each house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get, getting a, a tree in some cases that far away, uh, there would be no trees in the yards of some of these homes because you couldn't do it. Right, yeah. So, in turn, well, other, people uh, plant, other and other they put them right up against the house.
3: hmm Yeah. Well, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Unfortunately, as we
0: saw. No, it really is. In fact, that was some of the things that we saw. Even you know the video that we were watching. You know, not quite a year ago here in Colorado. I got about five minutes or so left. Things you want to close with. I mean, just just thoughts that people typically don't think about when it comes to just preventing the you know you know these sorts of things that come along and or when they do. What should folks be thinking about?
3: Well, i like to say, you know, when you're thinking about renovating, and a lot of people, you know, during this the last three, four years right. have been putting more money into their house, you know, how you prioritize your, your kind of, you know, wish list is important in terms of the strength of your house. Yes, we like the fancy kitchen and the, the bathroom and, and those things. But if your house, you know, has certain weaknesses in terms of its fire resistance or its water, you know, resistance or, or wind, I'd prioritize those things first. Mm. Um, and now we've got these green incentives, you know, which are great, and, and, I, and I, I love to see people, you know, putting solar panels and, and doing other things. But if they haven't already strengthened their house, True. you know, I worry that everything is going to be lost, you True. know, the green investment and the house. So, you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, let's make resilience the first priority, and then we can be comfortable and safe to add everything else that we, we enjoy having.
0: Good words of wisdom. Eris, I appreciate it. Again, we, we'll have you back. I appreciate you joining us. Founder of Resilience Action Fund, buildingresilient.com is the website. We'll have that up on our website a little later as well. Eris, I, I appreciate it. I, I know we had a little bit of a delay getting you on, but it's been a joy having you, and I appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you, John. Look forward to You bet. Have you a great weekend. weekend. And yeah, you know what? He brings up a lot of great points. I think in a lot of cases, we are. We tend, as humans, to be looking at the aesthetic end of things or we look at, to his point, how great is our kitchen or how great is that, you know, master bedroom, which I'm not supposed to say anymore. It's a primary, but I still call it a master. It's, it'll always be a master bedroom to me. Um, I, why, why can't we call it that anymore? Because it's like a master-slave thing, Charlie. Is that what they're trying to get? It's the stupidest thing ever. It's not where the master of the home went and hung out. We just called it the master bedroom because it was like number one. It's a primary. It's, it's, it's it. It's where typically the owner of the home hangs out. So anyways, bottom line. Yeah, Charlie says that's a racist comment. So anyways, um, bottom line, uh, I think he's correct. We tend. I tend. And I'll be the first to admit it. We all tend to look at the aesthetics of things when we sometimes need to step back. And take a look at what is going on here. How is this property functioning? What else do I need to do to make it more resilient? In, in many, many ways. We talk about that on Ready Radio every week. And again, we're not talking about just the end of the world scenario. Because quite frankly, if the end of the world happens, we got other issues. How close a tree is planted to your home is the least of our worries. So I'm not talking about end of the world stuff. I'm talking about some of the things that we've experienced even in Colorado here in the past several years. We continue to talk about those things on a weekly basis. And again, if you want to go to his website, it's buildingresilient.com. The other website that he gave us that you can also go to is the floodfactor.com. And it's actually riskfactor.com. But if you type in floodfactor, it takes you there. But it's riskfactor.com. And it'll tell you exactly what's going on. When it comes to your home, the flooding of, the potential of flooding, and so on. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get Alan Davis joining us here in a moment. Uh, So don't go anywhere. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Absolute electrical heating and air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720 526 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and, of course, Ready Radio.
1: For quality
4: and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air.
5: Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio.
0: Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to 5 to 7 years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. All right. Welcome back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. I'm your host, John Rush. Thank you so much for joining us today. As I said earlier, we have got a a special new partner of ours. He's on Rush to Reason during the week and going to join us on Ready Radio from time to time. And you'll hear his ads running here as well. Solar Energy Partners, Alan Davis. Alan, how are you, sir?
4: Uh, John, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having having me. me. We've talked,
0: yeah, we've talked Uh, plenty over the phone, but it's nice to meet you. Right, you know, I have have
4: the face for radio, John. (laughs) Well,
0: so do I. (laughs) Join the crowd. No, it's it's a joy to have you. I really mean (laughs) that. Thank you. What a blessing. And I wanted to give folks, really, uh, you know, have you here to give an update on, you know, a, you know, and there's no secrets. You know, we are a conservative. Talk show, conservative radio station. I've talked many, many times in the past about you know, quote unquote, you know, green energy and all the things that are that are going on with it—the good, the bad, the ugly, and so on. And and you know, I, I'll be honest—we've never really gotten into the whole solar thing. I am not, and you know this—I'm not a fan of things being shoved down our throat. I like the free market to come in and do what it needs to do. Which, by the way, I think in this case is exactly what you have. And, and what I've learned in the past, and I know what's changed because we talked about this. You and I did individually is, you know, things have changed in regards to, of course, cost structure, you know, how the payback works, how the money savings works and so on. Because I'll I'll be the first to tell you, I mean, I checked into solar probably 10, 10 plus years ago or so. And at that time, it was just like, you know, I'm not ahead here at the end of the day when this is all said and done. You know, why bother? And, and I didn't. I know things have changed anytime we keep going down the road with technology things start to get less expensive and people learn from what has happened in the past the product gets better and and I guess that's in, in a way that's where we're at now things have improved things are better there is real money savings to be had and that's what i wanted you to explain right
4: yeah so I, I i guess i guess the first thing you know to say about solar now that's changed is that especially if you've gotten a quote 10 years ago five years ago is that there is no out of pocket uh for
0: this where well, there was at one time yeah, there right? was right yes. yeah okay.
4: for example my wife and i when we got solar uh our power bill was about 200 a month it's very close to that. and for us to get solar they only had a five-year loan so we had to pay about 500 a month so okay. so we had to suck it up and of course now today Knock of course head. we're really glad we did but but now it's totally different because they um the uh financing companies have seen the value in solar they know people that they say well if people are going to pay their power bill they're probably going to pay their solar bill uh we don't really have to you know take much risk to give people uh, a solar panel system on the roof and so if your power bill right now is two hundred dollars a month first thing to know about that is that by the end of the year if you're with excel that's going up by 40%, yeah. uh, 40 percent 40.5 percent. so it's gonna be that, 280 yeah, it'll be 280 right around there <laughs> and not 200 yeah, not 200 which is but, a big jump yeah that but for a lot of folks alan that's a big that's jump a, oh yeah you know you know and some people uh, it's unaffordable right right, right so if, if uh, your house qualifies, and we'll go over the four things your house has to, 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 to have or do to, <laughs> to qualify, uh, but uh, if, if, if your house does qualify, then your new payment is usually lower than what your monthly bill is. So which it, is where the savings comes in. Yeah, it's where the savings comes in. So okay. day 1 as soon as you And there's
0: no out of pocket. There's no, no upfront, no, you know, they're not writing a $5,000 down payment check or a $1,000 down payment check. It's a really easy simple transaction.
4: That's right. Right. Okay. And 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 you know the first thing we do we say okay if you were just going to pay your power bill for thirty years what would that number be it has it right on the computer you can look at it okay and and you know you see thirty forty fifty thousand uh, dollars today I was with a, a couple they're they're going to be over a hundred thousand is their power bill over the next thirty years and then when you contrast that to solar because whatever the solar bill comes out to be it doesn't go up it stays level for 20 years sure because you're doing that years, today you're doing it today right and it's locked in uh, the interest rate you get on your solar is 1.9 percent um that's the the loan rate okay that you pay and after 20 years it goes away
0: and w- the way I, the way i know how money works too for everybody listening and this is something i've explained on rush to reason many times it's i won't get into the details of it here but when you're borrowing at today's money and we continue to have inflation like we're going to continue to have by the way you're paying that back with inflated dollars so it even makes the savings even that much bigger
1: right. people
0: don't think about it that way but literally that's what's happening you're paying it back with inflated dollars correct and your power bill is going to go up no matter what you do in fact there's a lot of folks out there depending upon the size of the home alan where they wish they had a 200 hundred dollar a month electric bill <laughs> right <laughs> literally i mean there's some folks out there that I guarantee you they again it's probably double the 200 which means the savings gets really big at that point yeah that's so, right so I'd... talk about that for a minute how, how does that work i mean you know the you know average you know you know the average footprint of a home and i know there's some qualifications of the home itself and making sure it's got you know good you know good sun exposure good southern exposure all those sorts of things i mean common sense comes into play at that point which a lot of homes in colorado are going to qualify for but you know on average you know, what does the average home produce when you put panels up? What does it produce in kilowatt hours back to offset their their current usage?
4: Well, it, the, it, it, we we look at that as a as a percentage, okay? Because like you know, if your power bill is two hundred a month and mine's eight hundred a month, you know, we, uh, we we could talk kilowatts, but it's better to talk dollars, just, just dollars, sure. and, and covering the percentage. So so for example, uh, you know, our home, for example, we uh, you know now. Uh, our, I, I think our kilowatt use is just something like two thousand dollars. I'm, I'm sorry, two thousand kilowatts a month, which is enormous. It's much higher than. But we have a hot tub. Okay, mm-hmm. we have we have an EV charge, mm-hmm. charging car. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's sort of thing, and those things we didn't have, you know, when we first got the system. Correct, okay? and that sort of thing. So, so you know, uh, I, I I think I think it's really good to qualify. Basically, um, your house has to have. Uh, enough sunlight hitting the roof compared to what your power bill is so like if your house which was probably most important is where the trees are in relation to the house like if they're right up against the house and they're blocking the sun that's bad and if they're further away you know and the, and the sun can still hit your roof that's good okay and so you don't worry as much about you know every Every the other day, we saw a house that was purely south facing. In the south, is, is very powerful because those sure. November, December, January, February mm-hmm. months, the sun still hits. That's it. right. That's a, that's very good, uh, but but uh, that's the first thing. Second thing for your house to qualify: no roof damage, uh, no water leaks. Okay. okay. Um, third thing is the owner of the home has to have a 650 or higher FICO score, and the last thing is in this. This is a. Uh, it sounds uh, Uh, cliche, but Excel has to give you a permit to have solar. Okay. Okay.
5: Now, why?
4: Yeah. Well, I don't know. (laughs) It's it's the rules. They have to give you permission. So there's two parts to that. One, Excel has to give you the permit by law. They have to give you the permit unless more than 60% of your neighbors have already gotten solar. And the reason is, is because they can't take back that energy it wants more than 60%. I see. I you, see. Know, you know, feels that. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is they are supposed to come out in a timely manner and turn on the solar because they actually have to flip a switch to turn it on. Okay. And, and that's been getting longer and longer. That's the bad news. Uh, the good news is, um, there, there's litigation coming that will have them do it. They could, they could do it in one day. They literally could come out, you know, they've got trucks in the area. They could sure. just come on and flip the switch, but they don't do that. So, so, um, they they uh, they have to turn on your solar. So I did
0: not know that. Okay, but that's
4: the four things. Because like when we got our solar, and that's
0: because they own the grid basically. They, they own the grid, and you're putting right. the power back in the grid, so they have to yeah. flip the switch. Right, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I get know. that part of it, and I don't know that I can blame them for that. other than the timeliness of it, they should be able to do that quicker than not.
4: Yeah, quicker than not. You know, like would, certainly within 15 days, but right now it's it's closer to 45 days. 13. Okay, and it should. And yeah. To your
0: point, it should be much much yeah. faster. Much faster. Okay. But that all gets considered into yeah. the front side, and when you're out talking to people, that's all factored yeah. in and so on, correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah, so you know all that going into it. I know we don't have a lot of time, and you uh, are going to have you join us just for a little bit on Rush to Reason, so I'll get you to hang around. But we've got about a minute or so left, maybe two minutes left. The power bank solution, which there's a lot of folks listening to Ready Radio, where they are looking more at that preparedness. If all the lights go out, the power's down, the grid's down, they still want to be able to power things up. You can accommodate that, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and we had a gentleman calling the other day. He lived, he has a house, and he wanted to make sure that his well pump, okay, right. and in and his, um, let's see, what was the other? There was another thing he, he wanted to make sure. Whatever happened, those two. Did not go out okay and so what we did is we just calculated we made a calculation and we we got a slightly bigger system okay with 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 a generator so okay. when when the uh the power goes out the generator goes on
0: and you know goes and away. you can do that you can you do, do power wall that. systems you there's all sorts power, of ways to yeah, do that right yeah
4: whatever makes sense now if you're if you're expecting a prolonged situation you'd want to get batteries power, right. power, power walls. walls if you're expecting like a 30-day outage or less then the generator makes more sense
0: okay. financially. And like, these are all things that you can go yeah, over with somebody right. when they call and when figure call. that out in a yeah, meeting we, and so we, on.
4: Yeah, we literally just add it in. And, and, the you know, every product, every service you buy, the people are going to say, you know, hey, you're buying a car. You need to write a check. Okay, with us? <laughs> not the <laughs> you, case. You, no, not the case. We we don't ask for money. So,
0: so okay. and it's lastly, a wonderful thing. before I let you go on this particular show, we'll do this again here in just a few minutes. We'll, t- we'll talk about some other things on – Rush to Reason. There is some credits, and whether you like them or not, they're there. They're available. It's like EV credits, guys. I'm not telling you whether I agree, disagree, whatever. They are there. I know they're tax dollars, but if they're available, you might as well take them. What are they?
4: They're 30%. They 30%. just changed uh, two weeks ago. So if you spend 30000 yeah,
0: there's right. a $10,000 check yeah. coming your way. Yep, exactly. Okay. Right. So there is <laughs> there is real money that real can come money, back to right, you right I mean, away at the right, front side. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, it's when you prepare your taxes. Correct. But you, that, but you'll, you'll get that. You you're that. not waiting thirty years is my yeah, point, or right. twenty years. It's coming within <laughs> right. the next twelve months That's or less. Correct. That's right. Especially now given the fact where we're at on the on the time scale thing. Exactly. Okay. Right. Time of the year I mean. Okay, perfect. Alan, appreciate it very much. Alan Davis, by the way, his phone number, Solar Energy Partners three oh three. 378 7537. We'll have him not only on the Rush to Reason website, he's on the KLZ radio website and also now the ready radio.com website as well. So you can find him many places, folks. Again, we're going to leave him here, talk a little bit when we come right back uh, on Rush to Reason. Yes, we have movie reviews to do today as well with Andy, but we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Up next, it is Rush to Reason. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560.